This is Saturday Morning Mysteries. And we're your hosts, Alexis and Grace. Welcome back, folks, to Saturday Morning Mysteries. We are your hosts. I'm Grace. That's Alexis. I'm Alexis. Um, Thank you. I'm so sorry. I was just so excited to introduce you. And I'm just so excited that people are here and listening or watching or whatever. I just... Got out ahead of myself. Just um, the excitement. I love it. I love yeah, it. Get I ahead just, of yourself, girl. It's like talking about true crime and cartoons. And that's what we're here to do yet again. Another week. How could you not be excited to be joining us for such an occasion? Right? Another, yet another tale of Scooby and the gang. But this time from you, Alexis. From me, another tale from the crypt of the world of Scooby-Doo oh. Mystery Incorporated. Oh. I wish I had time to like make some weird ethereal creepy like organ type of music (laughs) playing in the background of me saying that I doubt that I'll have time before we actually finish editing this video Mm -hmm. but if I do enjoy that music in the background otherwise just imagine some random very creepy (laughs) music as I introduce this tale from the crypt of mystery wow which also this part will be awkward if we already did it and I mean people are now listening and they were like we already fucking heard the we already already have the music what are they talking about I'm not gonna sounds good are they gonna change it I'm not gonna cut this out either No, please don't. This is, yeah, Good. this is our intro. This is our friendly <laughs> yeah. banter that gets the audience Ooh. enthused about what Warmed we are still up. going to say. Look at me breaking the fourth wall. Whoa. Although I guess when you're, you're podcasting, I mean, it's inherently breaking, breaking the fourth wall. Breaking the breaking fourth this. sound barrier. <laughs> the speed of light. We're breaking the speed of, the light. Speed of light. Oh my God. <laughs> we've done it. Anyway, so today I'm going to be recapping the tale from Scooby-Doo Show Season 1, Episode 2, entitled The Fiesta Host is an Aztec Ghost. And now this originally, (laughs) yes, Aztec. So we are actually, we're going to take a little stroll through history. We're going to take a stroll outside of America, outside of what may or may not be Coolsville. We're actually going to travel to Mexico today while the gang is on vacation, actually. And it's quite an exciting episode. I'm very, very excited to get into it. But before I go there, I will add that this episode originally aired again, episode two of season one of the Scooby-Doo show in uh, 1976. I actually wrote it down this time, September 1976 on ABC. So a little clarification from my last episode, I was saying that that came out in the late 70s. I was a couple years off. It was 76, not 79, because today we're going to talk about a number of strange events that plague the town of Cinco, Mexico, Cinco, five, Mexico, (laughs) just as the residents there prepared for their annual fiesta celebration, which was, as it did every year, expected to attract tourists from around the entire country and likewise around the world. But just before the residents started setting up for this celebration, eyewitnesses reportedly saw a giant ghost of the ancient Aztec king Catazuma lurking beyond the fog just outside of the town. Now, I'm going to pause right here. Uh (laughs) The Aztec king Catazuma, I'm going to assume is the uh, Scooby-Doo universe's version of the ancient Aztec king Moctezuma, or perhaps <laughs> Moctezuma II. Um, we're going to act like he's based on Moctezuma one, <laughs> just for the purposes oh, of this episode. God, these because writers. we will, these writers, you know, it's like Amazing. they... 
they remember like one or two days of like their high school history class and they're like i think we learned about some sort of zuma something and so let's a cat Katazuma, Done. don't name him that. <laughs> Done. I love it. Boom. Good for them. Next big villain. He's going <laughs> to knock the crap out of these kids. Anyway, so I felt that that was important to kind of disclaim at the outset because I will be going into a little bit of Aztec history as we walk through uh, this episode. I don't want to offend anyone because I am just repeating the things that the humble writers eat wise and in some ways living in the times that they lived in, writers of Scooby-Doo presented these historical facts to us. So again, we will say that for all intents and purposes, Katazuma is based off of Montezuma I, the ancient Aztec king. Can I ask a quick and question? Please do. Just like an overarching take on this episode, because as soon as you said they went to Mexico, and this is in the 70s, like how um, no longer, how like sensitive are they about the depiction of this tale? Um, there is definitely, so, all right, let me back up. I'm so I, sorry. As soon as no. like, they go to Mexico, I was like, no, oh, this no. is good. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad you're asking this. And honestly, these are conversations we should probably have with like a lot of the episodes <laughs> mm-hmm. because yes, the show came out in the 60s and 70s, early 80s. America was very different at that time. Uh, it's not much better now, but it was somehow <laughs> even worse back then mm-hmm. in some ways. At least, yes, exactly. Wait. Not as culturally sensitive, we'll mm. say. And there definitely is, um, you get a little bit of both sides here. You okay. get the cultural insensitivity, but you also get the sense of um, they're aware that white colonizers come in and take their beautiful artifacts and whatnot and then take them to other countries and put them in museums but to bring it back to your initial question yes there are definitely some offensive aspects of the way Mm. that the characters are depicted or characterized in this episode but they also try to keep their eye towards what the true crime Mm. in a lot of these areas is when it comes to globalization and modernizing economies. So we'll, we'll touch on it. I'll get into it. And I'll I'll try to point out when things are a little awkward or uh, culturally insensitive. (laughs) So we have the townspeople of Cinco, Mexico, preparing for their annual worldly renowned, worldwide renowned uh, uh, fiesta celebration. But just before the celebration begins, Locals are scared to see the giant ghost of the ancient Aztec king, Katazuma, lurking beyond the fog just outside of the town. And now Katazuma, this giant ghost, he is allegedly standing at about 50 feet tall. He's got gray, yeah, very, very tall. That's okay. several stories right there. He's got gray skin, but he's also wearing a, a blue Aztec mask, I suppose. Okay. Again, starting with the cultural uh, mm. what's the word depiction. Yeah, a little bit choices here. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if when you watch it, I'm not sure if that's really what Aztec masks look uh, like. But yes. nonetheless, it's what they describe as a blue Aztec mask. Mm-hmm. Very bright red eyes and this terrible, deep bellowing laugh that just travels beyond over the countryside. And so these memories, these images, they've been kind of haunting the townspeople of Cinco for days now. And some people even reported seeing a stone statue 
that was a statue of an ancient god. They don't quite say which one. I guess maybe the reports were all different as to which god it was, but the stone statue in the middle of the night is moving about the town plaza. So people are freaking out, oh, no. saying there's a 50-foot-tall ghost. There's a stone statue that's moving around the plaza on its own. Oh, no. And yet still, others claim that they saw a haunted barge or a phantom barge, hmm. such as, you know, like a ship, a cargo yeah. ship carrying ancient gods along a nearby river and then disappearing into the fog of the night on that river in front of their very eyes. Huh. So That's believing a that these, on. a lot, there is a lot. And okay. believing that these various hauntings are the result of some sort of ancient Aztec curse that's mm. been released on the town of Cinco, a lot of the locals and the visitors just flee the area. And it isn't until a group of young sleuths and their great Dane, of course, <laughs> arrived in town eager to enjoy the annual fiesta celebration <laughs> that the explanation for these mysterious hauntings would be turned on its head. Mm. So much to the surprise of the sleuths and the local, or excuse me, the locals, a flagrant artifact heist would be uncovered. But before we get back to the fiesta celebration and where our uh, humble protagonist, Mystery Inc., come in, we have to begin our story with the ancient Aztec king himself, Katazuma. Yes, 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 so, yes. Let's get into mystery. it. Go, go, mystery. go. History, history and mystery. History, yeah. mystery. So having been elected to power in the early 1400s, I believe we'll say it was about 1440 or so, Katazuma's reign was noted for solidifying alliances among neighboring states, na nation states to be exact, and also adopting aqueduct pipe systems throughout his country. Who knew? Ooh. He also was known for maintaining peace within his own kingdom and every now and again offering human sacrifices of prisoners to the ancient gods. But unfortunately, after the positive social and economic policies ushered in during his reign, Katazuma did face a lot of different natural disasters that kind of plagued his kingdom. And so in his final years, there was a widespread famine that ravaged his land due to the oh. result of droughts and frosts that lasted for four or five years based on some historical accounts. And this led to a major decline in population, that and the human sacrifices, that is. <laughs> Those and did not slow down. So due to this drought, this frost, this decline in population, King Katazuma's period of peace apparently came to an end. But when he died, he did have a few remaining humble servants, and they did, in fact, construct a tomb for him that was in a massive pyramid in order to honor his memory. And so that region where Katazuma ruled is obviously now known as the modern-day town of Cinco, Mexico, mm -hmm. at least in the Scooby-Doo universe. universe. <laughs> I'm going to assume it's somewhere outside of Mexico City, though. And due to this rich history with King Katazuma, Cinco became a hotspot for academics and researchers around the world. And they would practically flock to the area to learn more about the culture and the ways of life of the ancient Aztecs. And so one of the many researchers who found his way to the town was a man by the name of Professor Stonehack. The professor, <laughs> Stonehack. What did yeah, I say last no time? <laughs> it's like, hey, this guy, this guy's holding a stone and he's hacking at it. <laughs> Stonehack. Let's name him Stonehack. So again, the professor Sir, or Stonehack, he has visited the city of Cinco. He's a British archaeologist, right? 
They don't say where he teaches or works. So we're just going to assume maybe, you know, if someone's affording or footing the bill for him to go to mm. Mexico multiple times throughout the year, maybe it's Oxford, yeah. we'll say. Anyway, he decides to visit the town of Cinco with his lovely wife, Helena. And they decide that they are going to go there essentially to do what a lot of other researchers do, which is studying the art of the ancient Aztecs. They're just like head to toe, khakied out, got like their explorer gear on with all the pockets and everything. The professor, I believe he's got kind of like a reddish brown hair and like a thin mustache. And he honestly has like a very high pitched nasally British accent. So it's like not the cool, like Mm. intelligent, like smoking a pipe, drinking scotch or brandy (laughs) type of British. Uh It's like the, I am a professor and I'm going to find, yeah, exactly. That's why Cambridge sent him over there to be like, get out of the department. Get out of here. Just go, go to Mexico. Get out of our, we can't listen to you anymore. (laughs) Um, and his wife, Helena, again, she is also decked out like head to toe in khaki explorer gear. She's got darker brown hair pulled back in a ponytail. These two look like they mean business. They're ready to go out, explore, yeah. find and appropriate whatever artifacts <laughs> they can. All right. So during this excursion to Cinco, they decide to stay at a local resort owned by a man named Senor Juan Martinez. Mm-hmm. And Juan Martinez, he's a very big guy. He's not fat, but he's just like super tall. Like when you see him standing by other people, he's constantly like towering over them mm-hmm. as he talks to them. He's got this nice, like kind of like sexy, deep voice. Like what you imagine a Spanish man talking. <laughs> like or, the I opposite guess a Mexican of the professor. Man. Exactly, literally <laughs> the opposite. And like Helena's this thick like, mustache. Oh, Ooh, I might have to stay here. <laughs> you, you go back to Cambridge, professor. <laughs> With your squeaky I, voice. Yeah, I, I know where I want to be. <laughs> yes. um, they season their food a little bit better here too. I need that spice. Ooh, actual spice, <laughs> not just pepper. Wow. Yeah. Oh my Sorry, God, England. it's a world of flavor. Yeah, no <laughs> offense your fish and chips are great but so good <laughs> anything mm. else though mm. yeah so Juan Martinez he too I guess khaki is the favorite color of people uh in this episode because he is also if I recall wearing a khaki suit kind of with like this pastel shirt and the top couple buttons open Ooh, so you know very he's, he's like, like Obama beige suit moment yeah honestly like mm. a Mexican version who's just like super freaking tall Stunning. and like, yeah, and like very stunning to be totally fair. But aside from his great looks or his nice, maybe perhaps stereotypical 70s mm. Mexican businessman looks, uh, he actually is, Juan Martinez is an honest businessman and he's achieved great success as the owner of this high-end resort in this popular tourist town. Because again, in addition to being known as the former stronghold of the Aztec Empire's Triple Alliance, the town was also currently renowned for its annual fiesta, most importantly. Mm -hmm. And so each year, Juan would prepare heavily for this fiesta in great anticipation of all of the money that he would bring in from the tourists and the people flocking to the area. But of course, while the stone hacks were here in Cinco enjoying their adventures, buying and collecting locally made art pieces and whatnot, they had no intention of actually engaging in the fiesta celebration. They're like, leave that for the kids. We're (laughs) here for the research. Okay. And they then decided that a more hands-on expedition of the Aztec pyramids would yield a more prosperous research trip. So they decide to go on a little venture into the jungle. (laughs) 
And when they do, they happen upon the tomb of the ancient king, Katazuma, who we, of course, introduced earlier, uh, who in some ways had a lot of progressive social changes <laughs> that he brought to his uh, kingdom, but in other ways was a very brutal, exactly, <laughs> sacrificing son of a something. <laughs> so while exploring this great pyramid and Katazuma's tomb, the professor and his wife came across an inscription on an entryway that unfortunately bore a warning that anyone who dared enter would release the ghost of the ancient king. And so I'm not sure if the professor knew at the time what that inscription meant or could be translated to, i.e. that you're going to unleash a curse if you open this door underneath this inscription. But the professor was very soon about to find out right after mm. looking at the inscription and noticing that there's a door underneath it. The professor, of course, slowly opens that uh -huh. door and big freaking surprise, the giant ghost of Katazuma immediately appears in the entryway to this tomb, wow. screaming with his bellowing deep voice who is invading his sacred tomb. And so the stone hack, and then that's why I say if he didn't know before reopening the door what yeah, it meant, knows. he sure as hell knows <laughs> uh -huh. So according to the stone hacks, at that point, Katazuma ordered the couple to be gone. He's giant ghost figure saying, leave here. What are you doing? Or else if you don't leave, I'm going to lay revenge on you with a curse that's going to follow and destroy anyone who profanes this pyramid. Mm. So naturally frightened the couple ran away as the giant Good. god released an evil laugh that echoed down the hallways of his tomb and so of course they had nowhere else to go but back to the hotel and they returned okay. there but they're still not quite ready to quit their exploration or the professor's overall research trip they're clearly mm -hmm. shaken okay. according to their account but they're like we just don't know if we can leave quite yet so they let a few days go by while they're still trying to weigh these decisions and locals they notice actually start fleeing amid these reported sightings of a giant ghost in the countryside. Uh -oh. And so as they're starting to hear these reports, they're like, okay, maybe Oops. the benefits of studying the local history are not as great as the burden of unleashing a curse upon maybe. the town. Maybe just maybe. So it's at this point that we then see our mostly fearless protagonist, <laughs> Mystery Inc. Wow. Now they're driving, <laughs> here they come into the story. And so they're driving down this dirt road, probably a highway that leads them directly into the town of Cinco, Mexico. Are they in the mystery van? They are, of course, in the mystery machine. So they drove, they drove themselves from some Coolsville somewhere in USA without their parents as teenagers they were like mm -hmm. potentially Let's but road trip. i guess maybe if they are are in texas they just hopped it's a quick across the border i guess it's still, know a, cool still a different country though <laughs> yeah. and they have if it's passports and if it's uh if it's really like where the aztec empire was i mean i think that was more like 
central Mexico. Yes, it's not so, close. So it's not like they're going to Tijuana yeah, from San or Diego. to like Juarez also yeah. because they would be probably in more danger in those cities than going all the way yeah. to Mexico City. But yeah, they okay. were going like all the way into the middle of the country. Got not it. just like right over the border. So wow. yeah, again, same question we ask every week. Where are their parents? Where are their parents? <laughs> are they in high school? What is happening? Where's the supervision? Okay, great. I'm glad that was established. (laughs) Please go on. And so they're in the mystery machine driving down this dirt road into Cinco, Mexico. And they're just talking with each other, very excited to be visiting this town for the annual fiesta, saying how much fun they're going to have. They're happy to be on vacation. And they've heard from so many people how wonderful this annual fiesta truly is. But in the middle of their excitement, they literally hit a bump in the road and have to stop the van. Mm -hmm. And so they all get out of the van to inspect what it was that they ran over. And they realize that it's actually a giant ditch. And they look around at the ditch and say, oh my gosh, this thing has to be like 15 feet long. And and Shaggy looks a little bit closer at it and is like, not only is it 15 feet long, but I think it's also shaped like a foot. And Fred's like, oh, Shaggy, you're crazy. It can't be a foot because anything that would leave a footprint this big would have to be like 50 feet tall. So funny that you know Fred automatically, yeah, he's got really good math uh, Mm -hmm. calculating skills or something something because that's literally the exact height that people are saying the giant ghost of Katazuma uh-huh. is. So, hey, Great. way to go. Way to go, Freddie. But anyway, so Fred denies that, you know him, he's not one to typically believe in the supernatural. Mm-hmm. They confirm or just like double check that the axles on the mystery machine are safe oh, to drive on, get back in the car, drive away, kind of still questioning what could have left a ditch that big, but pretty much dismissing it in favor Mm -hmm. of preparing for this awesome party that they're about to go to. And so when they arrive to the town of Cinco, much to their surprise, the town is completely deserted. It's getting laid out. Like I feel like the sun was just starting to fall and they're in this like deserted town in this foreign country, not knowing exactly where they're supposed to go. Hmm. Like they don't know really where their hotel is. They're like, oh my God, (laughs) we need to find someone for directions. And genius Daphne is like, well, does anyone speak Spanish? Like, okay. At this they didn't point, ask before they went on this trip. They didn't ask before they went on the trip if anyone in that group knew Spanish. Uh-huh. They leave their homes. We don't know who their parents are, where their parents uh-uh, are. Uh-uh. Not apparently knowing the language of the country they're going to. Uh-uh. Driving by themselves, teenagers, middle of this foreign country anyway, and they realize that they don't even have the basic conversational Spanish skills to ask where their hotel is. And they don't know where their hotel is. Mm-hmm. Not a way to start your vacation mm-hmm. if you are a teen, if you're anyone really, doesn't matter SP if you're a 76, not. not going well. Right. <laughs> oh God, what a year, <laughs> what a year for spring break, sorry. Anyway, um, so they, uh, they get to the uh, plaza, and they're looking around for the directions to their hotel. And after, you know, Daphne's like, does anyone here know Spanish? <laughs> they all kind of agree that Shaggy should be the one to go out and talk to uh, someone. I, let me back up. Sorry. They think that they see someone standing mm. in the plaza over yonder. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, let's go ask him for directions because we don't know where the fuck we are. And they're trying to figure out, okay, who speaks Spanish? What do we do? They all decide that Shaggy should be the one to go talk to this guy. 
because in their conversation of who has the best Spanish among them, Shaggy says, sure, I know plenty of words and phrases. Oh no, it's all food, huh? Boiler alert. <laughs> yes. Trigger warning. <laughs> Sorry. But the many phrases and words that he offers up are tacos and burritos Jesus. and enchiladas and whatnot. So right. I totally can go talk to this guy. Hi. And Fred kind of cuts him off like, Shaggy, will you cut it out and just go? So Shaggy and, of course, Scooby, because he has to join him, they get out of the van to go talk to this man that they think they see across the plaza. But when they get out of the van and approach him, they actually realize that it's a stone statue of an Aztec god. Mm -hmm. And when they get there, they're like, well, what the hell, Daphne? What were you seeing? That's clearly a statue. But then they're also like, wait, we didn't realize it was a statue until we got this close to it. That's kind of embarrassing. They were all probably super high or something. Yep, for sure. And so they go back to the car and they slowly make their way back. And of course, like right after they get back in the car, the gang actually finds the hotel. So they get out. Great. And they start unpacking their luggage, but the hotel is totally empty, as is the rest of the town. And as the entire group makes their way into the hotel with their luggage, Scooby is the last one of the five into the lobby and when he enters the lobby he seems like very shaken like visibly frightened and the gang's like scooby what's wrong why are you like running in here all scared and scooby says he's just seen a ghost Mm. so the gang is like oh my god like well you're a dog so we can't really like imagine what it is you saw but we believe you there must Mm -hmm. be something out there like calm down though we we can't be causing a scene here we just arrived (laughs) chill out and just as scooby is freaking out and the gang's trying to calm him down in walks senior juan martinez so we learn that the gang is staying at this same hotel where the stone hacks are and of course the the hotel that juan martinez owns uh when he walks into the room, Vilma walks up to him, introduces herself and the gang, I suppose, and says, hey, we're here for the fiesta. And Senor Martinez sadly informs Vilma in response, like, well, that's too bad. <laughs> there ain't going to be a fiesta this year. Yep. And then he starts to tell them about the hauntings of the giant ghost of Katazuma. Mm saying that that is the reason why there won't be a fiesta. Everyone's fled the town. No one wants to stay to prep for the fiesta and Mm. no one definitely wants to stay to party for the fiesta. So Martinez goes on to claim that he himself even saw this ghost and he describes it to the teens so that they now have some sort of visual understanding of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then he actually also tells them about this phantom barge business too, saying mm. that he himself has witnessed it disappear on the river in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. So it's at this point, after going through all of these weird hauntings that Fred is like, okay, gang, we got to solve this mystery. We're staying. We're staying. Uh-huh. Honestly, uh, yes, Fred and the gang do love solving mysteries for sure, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he wanted to stay because he's like, we did not just drive all of this way <laughs> for our party to be canceled. <laughs> if there is any way that we can get this party back on, we are freaking getting this party back this is on. Spring you break know. 1970 fucking six, and SB it will go down in history, baby. We have to get our yearbook autographs and everything, <laughs> our pictures, and show off to our friends that we were Memories here to last a lifetime. So yes, after hearing the uh, very detailed um, accountings of Juan Martinez, Fred is like, all right, gang, we're staying, we're solving this mystery. 
So they start to settle into their hotel accommodations and Shaggy and Scooby are obviously sharing a room. Mm -hmm. Let me add, just for the naughty-minded adults watching or listening, Uh Daphne and Velma had their own room. (laughs) Fred had his own separate room. (laughs) Now, why why Fred and Shaggy didn't just share a room? room? I don't know. Unclear. Shaggy and Scooby, while they're in their room getting things unpacked and trying to like settle in a bit, they hear this weird like banging outside of their door and they're like oh my god who is it maybe it's someone from the gang maybe it's martinez i don't know either way scooby get the door he opens it up it's the freaking stone statue oh they saw when they were asking for directions fully like in the hotel in the hotel this isn't like a motel front door situation this is like like a nice elevator Yeah, he at oh. least went upstairs. I don't know if oh. there was an elevator, but they were yeah. definitely not on the first floor. So okay. you, go, you go inside and up. It's not like exactly motel or whatever, where the door is out. You know, there's like the outdoor breeze, yeah. the hallway, whatever. No, no, no. This is like a full on resort where you go in, there's okay. a lobby, you go through hallways to get to a staircase or elevator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stone it's statue made its way all the way up. Damn. All okay. the way up. And not only was it just there, it was angrily there, like waving its arms in the air, growling oh, no. at them, like clearly trying to chase them down. Uh-huh. So it runs into their room and they're oh, able no. to maneuver around it and exit, exiting their hotel room. Oh, and no. they find their, themselves, I believe, back in the lobby or somewhere downstairs while they're trying to run away and escape the statue. And as they're running, rushing through the halls, they run into a couple who is wearing Aztec masks, hurriedly rushing down the resort hallways. And we find out after they briefly scare Scooby and Shaggy from their masks that it's actually Professor and Helena oh, Stonehack. Yeah, so now the gang is introduced to, like, I believe the only other hotel guests <laughs> yeah. area. And the rest of the gang joins them downstairs because they hear all of this commotion, like, oh my God, what are Shaggy and Scooby running from? What's going on? Mm -hmm. And so they run out of their rooms and go down there and they're like, oh, okay. Uh, Who are these other random people? Do they explain why they're wearing the masks? They do in a minute. I'll I'll get to it. So uh, they get down there, the gang, the rest of the gang gets down there and asks Shaggy and Scooby what's going on. And Shaggy is like, oh my God, we were just being chased by an Aztec statue and as always, the gang immediately believes them. Like, wow, a statue <laughs> is chasing you crazy. Of course. And the stone hacks overhearing this, they warn the gang that like, oh yeah, yeah. A lot of like weird things have been happening in this, ho- in this hotel ever since we got here. And it's at this point that they actually kind of fess up and they're like, yeah, we can think we actually angered the great God Katazuma. And I think that we unleashed a curse upon the entire area. <laughs> Sorry, (laughs) and they talk to the teens and tell them about their exploration Mm. into the tomb and they claim that the ancient king had been roaming the countryside ever since they went on that exploration Mm. terrifying the locals and thus canceling the fiesta so helena reveals that the stress of all of this again as i said earlier they had to take a few days to kind of like take a beat Think about the consequences of their actions. Enjoy the resort (laughs) amenities. Exactly. You know, maybe if they come across a few more artifacts while they're there, they can collect them and try to forget the uh, mysterious (gasps) cursing and haunting. Uh But nonetheless, all of the stress of the hauntings and the curses and knowing that it was 
100,000% their fault <laughs> has actually taken a toll on them and they've decided to pack their bags and head back home in, mm. in their exploration early. So she tells the gang that they plan to take the next river or the first river boat out the next morning. And the professor Stonehack, the professor who for some reason, so before he was just wearing a mask and like his normal clothes. Mm -hmm. Now he's got a fedora on that was not on <laughs> in the previous like scenes. So again, uh, animation errors, yes. but whatever. A, <laughs> a little shoddy animation and production <laughs> there, but whatever. So Professor Stonehack, after uh, his wife says that they are planning on taking out the next riverboat, he's like, we really hope that you, you kids will be there too. If you're wise, you'll join us because it's not safe to be here anymore. Ominous. So as they're still talking, the kids notice these Aztec masks that they're holding, the ones that they mm -hmm. had on their faces when Shaggy and Scooby ran into them. And so noticing that the kids are looking at them kind of crookedly, the stone hacks are like, oh, no, 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 don't, don't, don't worry about these. These are just inexpensive native headdresses. We're taking mm -hmm. home as souvenirs. I'm an archaeologist. I research this stuff. We're, don't mind us. It's chill. And, and to even try to like prove their point that they're good, innocent people, they actually hold the masks up for the gang to see, like, look at how nice. See, they're, they're just, they're just uh -huh. handmade, yeah. nothing crazy. But as they do that, like jewels begin twinkling under the hotel lobby lights. So Velma's like, are you sure these jewels aren't real? And Helena's <laughs> like, no, 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 no. It's just costume jewelry, my darling. <sighs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. They're inexpensive. We're not doing anything terrible here. Mm, this isn't and so at that point, yeah, right. And your little few red flags being yeah. used here. Uh, but then after that, after Vilma kind of corners them with that yep. logic, they are like, all right, well, we gotta go. So they like grab their things and like rush back to their hotel room. Uh -huh. And you know, as they rush away, they kind of turn back to the kids and say, We hope to see you tomorrow morning for your own safety. Okay. So the gang is now wondering whether there may be some sort of connection between the ghost slash curse of Katazuma and the stone statue that's been terrorizing Shaggy and Scooby. Mm -hmm. And as they go back to one of their hotel rooms, they're all trying to talk through what could possibly be going on. And Daphne, clearly not interested in the conversation, is instead gazing, peering <laughs> out the hotel window. <laughs> Wondering what life could be if the fiesta were just happening. <laughs> I could be the star of the whole party. Those oh. jewels could be mine. Could be mine. That mask would look so good. Beautiful. <laughs> Next time oh, I'll take yeah. Father's <laughs> private jet down. <laughs> and then this way I'll never have to worry about this crappy van again. <laughs> God, Daphne's been over it. But thankfully she was over it because as she's looking out of the window, she points out that she sees Professor Stonehack standing outside kind of walking about the resort grounds. Mm -hmm. And as she points at him, just as she points at him, this heavy rumbling, like maybe like a like a three or four Richter scale earthquake type <laughs> level, not like uh -huh. a full on, like, holy crap, the building's falling, but this slight rumbling overtakes the area. Uh -huh. And as they're looking outside, they notice Professor Stonehack, because he's out there like, oh my God, what's happening? He stops dead in his tracks. And the professor looks up and this swath of fog moves in towards him. And he just lets out this loud, oh no, <laughs> in his annoying high pitched really British accent uh -huh. and as he's screaming and this swath of uh, fog is moving across the screen over him 
he then disappears. Oh with no! Nothing but the giant figure of Katazuma's ghost in its place. Oh no! And so the ghost is like laughing evilly into the fog or into the night as the fog dissipates, and then as the fog goes away, he just kind of disappears into the moonlight. And the the giant the Katazuma ghost. just the giant ghost does. Yeah, the professor's already disappeared. So Damn. once Katazuma appeared, the professor was gone. Gone. So they're mm. like, oh shit, he just like took the professor's Gun. place i don't know great so the, the gang runs out there fearfully wondering what in the hell just happened yeah. like did we did did y'all just see that yeah. Daphne, just make this up. no thank god she pointed out though and that they were mm-hmm. all looking um but when they go down there to investigate what happened they notice another giant footprint Mm-hmm. right in the spot where the professor disappeared so shaggy is like totally vindicated at this point <laughs> I he's like told I y'all told you so fred <laughs> i told you <laughs> it's a giant dang it why does no one ever you believe never me never believe me never <laughs> <laughs> and so they're at this point like um okay this legend and curse of katazuma is legit mm-hmm. like something's up like at this point even fred and vilma like they may not be a hundred percent on board but they're like uh yeah something i mean going at the very here. least they just witnessed like a kidnapping yeah like, if, if nothing just, else uh, they just witnessed yes yeah, some type of missing person there is a missing person there's like a crime situation <laughs> yeah. happening a crime like, has just occurred yeah that they saw so yes, yes. So they are naturally a bit shaken yeah naturally again in a foreign country <laughs> where they do not speak the language <laughs> Uh, besides uh, the offensive words of taco burrito and yes so shaggy yep all of that. um so after kind of going out and investigating the grounds where the professor disappeared Velma's like all right Katazuma is clearly at the middle or at the center of this mystery so we need to go visit his tomb and his ancient pyramid great to look for clues great exactly safe uh-huh. totally fine don't worry about getting a tourist agency or no nope. you already released there's already like one curse out there might as well yeah. double down on them like, i guess do, do five more one for each of you each one <laughs> yep you unleash a curse you unleash you a get curse. a curse and you, you get, get a curse, curse. we all, all get a you. curse unleash the curses <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> so, so they all agree saying you're right he is the key to the mystery let's make our way down there they go deep into the forest or the jungle, whatever, and they have to rent a boat to go up river to visit the pyramid. And so this boat rental shop, it's managed by this one older kind of indigenous looking man. He's got like, he's got palish skin though. Like he looks very old and honestly like, like ghostly a little bit mm-hmm. long hair, but he also, um, he's got like this captain hat on and he, he definitely looks like he understands boats but he's also just like very creepy because kids walk up there. They like, before they can even introduce themselves or like say what they're there for, he's like, ah, you're here to rent a boat to go up river and see the pyramid and find the ghost of Katazuma, aren't you? So as the kids leave this rental shop, they make their way towards the boat and like I said before, this guy, he's like creepily grinning at them. And it actually may be because he's not because he's sending them to a haunted pyramid, but because he just gave them quite literally the most dangerous looking boat I could ever imagine. <laughs> it is like this heavily patched up launch. This thing was patched up like a goddamn quilt. Great. <laughs> 
<laughs> this thing had so many like makeshift patches all on the bottom of the hole. I was oh, like, no. oh no, I don't know how deep this river that these kids are on is, but like they really might not make it. This yeah, thing on is the bottom is patched the, up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So some on the side too. Yeah, but still, but the you can see it's yeah, pretty important. The, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very important. And okay, good that it was patched up rather than not being patched up. Yeah, but this. Okay. I, I don't know what your flex seal came out. <laughs> it's all just duct tape. Yeah, it's like duct tape or he like nailed in these like <laughs> metal sheets onto it. So there's still like air gaps or whatever and water is like, I don't know. Suffice it oh, to say, no. suffice it to say that this ship looked or this launch boat looked very, very unsafe, which Good. is probably the real reason why this boat rental man is giggling because he's like, they ain't gonna make it. <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna stop. He was saving everyone. He's like, I'm gonna stop them from releasing another fucking curse by drowning them. Exactly. And these kids. no one will ever know that they're here because apparently they don't have parents to keep track of them. Truly. So it's a win-win situation. Wow, this... <laughs> What a, what a time to be alive for the game. What a time. 1976, the year of unsafe launch breaks to remember. <laughs> yeah. And so as they are traveling down this misty river in this very heavily patched up launch, they actually see over the, I guess not over the horizon, but just down the waterway, they see the phantom barge approaching oh. them. Mm -hmm, coming through the mist. And the barge, oddly enough, is shaped, <laughs> shaped like a dragon with <laughs> pink and like blue paint trimmings. I, I didn't get super in deep in, in depth on my um, ancient Aztec research. I did a little bit for this, but I'm not sure that they worship dragons. Did they? Okay, so I don't know specifically about Aztec yeah, mm -hmm. like religion and stuff. But I do know when it comes to dragons that like one of like the super weird things is that at different points in different civilizations on like different sides of the earth before mm -hmm. there was like any form of contact, there were different concepts and like they found like art of like different dragons, which is where you get like, mm. oh, in like, I want to say maybe like Chinese yeah. dragons are kind of like more snake-like and don't have the big wings. And then like more like, you know, England, UK area, they're like the, you know, what we would think of as yeah. like the classic big dragons. And so guarding like, the castle. Yeah. yeah. And like, that's like the weird, like, ooh, oogie boogie voodoo-y thing with like dragons where it's like, how did they all come up with flying serpents at different it's like points? The ancient alien theory. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's like that they saw a comet and they were like a dragon. Mm. Well, we'll call it something it's else. The tail it's, of it or something. Yeah, I yeah. think that's probably when it comes from. I don't know well enough. Anyways, there's nothing to do actually with Aztecs. Potentially, can neither confirm or deny. It's get really excited about that fun fact that I oh, have. I'm, I'm glad them. you threw that in there. I'm glad you threw Great. that in because I was wondering and I was like, oh, I don't really have time to like go into depth to figure <laughs> out what like mythical creatures they yep. worshipped and all of that. But I was like, I don't, I don't think dragons were on that list but i could totally be wrong i know that well, there you go uh mexico city is essentially like on a mountain and like a volcano so mm -hmm. i'm sure that they had issues with like lava and fire way back then so um maybe. but uh, real quick though i will add though that this boat it's definitely the painting of it or the barge it it 
definitely reminds me of like the Chinese influence of a mm, dragon. Yeah, probably. Not what I would imagine if Central Americans or like Mexicans worship dragons. It's yeah. not what I would imagine that looking like, but I don't know. Yeah. And I can't, Maybe we'll talk about it more next week. I can't connect this specifically to, uh, yeah, Mexico, Aztec, Mayan, South America, like Incas, I don't know exactly yeah. where, but like, yeah, in somewhere of this zone in the Americas, I think, and I'm going to say it wrong, but I think it was like Quezcotal. It's like Q-U-E-Z-C-O-A-T-L. And that was like the name of like the dragon, I think. Oh. There you go. That's just some fantasy okay. nerd shit for you right there. Um, my fantasy nerd go. shit <laughs> is that uh, in the fictional Godzilla monster verse, uh-huh. there is the uh, essential like pterodactyl dinosaur Rodan, mm. who actually was born from a volcano. And I don't, in the original movies, like way back in the 60s and stuff, I don't know if he, if Rodan was from Mexico, but in the newer movies, mm-hmm. Uh, like the one that just came out a couple years ago, which is so awesome. I won't get into it. <laughs> I, I love Godzilla movies. But anyway, um, Rodan, actually, the dragon pterodactyl thing was from uh-huh. Mexico. And he actually arose from like a volcano Ooh. in Mexico. So I did briefly think of that when I was writing this. Yeah. Like, hmm, maybe to some degree, at least yeah. like firebirds. Right. They yeah. had like, you know, worshipped or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'm into it. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, so, this- I'm, I feel satisfied with our information <laughs> yeah, dump with each other here. Good. We we practically have done more for Aztec culture here in this <laughs> conversation than any researcher ever has. Yes, no. great, definitely. Uh, but yeah, but this is good. Glad glad we hashed this out a little bit. Me too. We we both learned something. I, I love think, dragons. Whether it was factual forever. or fictional. <laughs> um, so this barge is shaped like a dragon. If the Aztecs were to worship mm-hmm. dragons in any way. And the kids again notice it approaching through the fog from the opposite side of the river as they're making their way down to see this pyramid. And the barge though, as they're approaching it, as they were told it would happen by Juan Martinez, mm-hmm. it suddenly disappears. It disappears oh. actually underneath a bridge that the kids and the barge were each getting ready to cross underneath. Oh. But the kids come out of one side and they look back and they see that the barge has not come out of the other side of that bridge. Spooky. So okay. ooh, what happened? And so flabbergasted by this yeah. disappearance, <laughs> they're like, uh, maybe we'll find more answers at the pyramid. I don't know. They just always seem to know how things are tied together without actually having any evidence of how they're tied together. So they're like, well, no clues so far. (laughs) None, not a one. Actually. Yeah. I don't think there has been a single one. And I'm like maybe halfway through the episode too, (laughs) but get on it kids. (laughs) But anyway, so they, uh, they decide to continue on with their journey to the pyramid, thinking that they'll find more answers about why the barge disappeared into the night, along with the hauntings and the curse of Katazuma. And they dock their boat on a riverbank or, well, yeah, on a riverbank, and they head towards the pyramid because they notice a trail of footprints that lead off of the riverbank. Are they the and giant so, footprints or? Not the giant ones. These are, okay, yeah, I should say, these are normal human-sized, okay. yes, human-sized cool. footprints. And so Fred instructs Shaggy and Scooby to follow the trail of footprints while he, Velma, and Daphne keep going 
in some other way towards the pyramid. Okay. I don't know. I feel like the footprints would be the safer way to follow, yes. but whatever. Yep. But be right before the gang can actually split ways, Vilma's like, well, hold on a second, guys. I actually see the pyramid right there. And she points like through some trees. I guess they couldn't see them literally Classic. a second before. But yep. Vilma's like, they're right there. That's where we have to go. And so as they all kind of like take a closer look, like, yep, that checks out. Daphne notices that there is a glowing light around the pyramid. And then at that same moment, through the deep fog, because everywhere in this area is just super foggy, <laughs> apparently, the giant ghost of Katazuma appears directly oh. between where the teens are and the pyramid. Oh, no. And of course, he's giving his classic warning, telling them to leave the sacred grounds at once. But they also, mm -hmm. they haven't even gotten to the pyramid yet. So he's telling yeah. them to leave before they've even like fully gotten there uh -huh. um and so they like they don't hesitate they take his advice oh, good. <laughs> they turn around and run back towards the boat oh, that's actually surprising but, i know right but hold on it's gonna mm -hmm. change because as they're running back towards the boat that stone statue is blocking the oh, trail no. now <laughs> yeah so they turn around to run back but the statue is in the way oh no and so they're like oh my god wait no split everyone run yeah, scatter <laughs> as as per usual uh -huh. every man for himself <laughs> but no so they all they all run and kind of turn around run through the jungle for a little bit trying to escape the stone statue and in some way i don't know how they circled back around somehow okay. because they made their way to the back of the pyramid Oh, all right. and found a secret entryway. Yeah, all five of them grouped back together back there. I don't okay. know how these jungles work. Maybe it's like Blair Witch Project type thing. You lose a <laughs> map, you're going in circles for days. I don't know, but they, they ended up Got back it. at the pyramid, even though they were just running away from the pyramid. Yes, but on the other side of it, yeah, yeah. On the, uh, yeah, whatever. The whole and thing. so <laughs> when they get to the secret entryway, they make their way into this pyramid. And as they get in, Shaggy's like, my goodness, it's so dark in here. How are we going to find any clues if we can't even see? Duh, Shaggy. <laughs> Vilma, being like the genius she is, this was like, well, the pyramids were built centuries before electricity, Shaggy. So we're just going <laughs> to have to deal with it. But hilariously <laughs> right thank you the law of physics or whatever <laughs> um, but then hilariously right as she's saying that scooby is just like nosing around the room and he flicks on a light switch actually <laughs> also so now yeah mostly what <laughs> it okay. is funny but also like wait huh <laughs> but finally about halfway into my retelling of this episode we have our first clue because Velma's like, what the hell? There should not be electricity yeah. running through this place. And not only is there electricity running through this place, but when they turn on the lights, they realize that that secret entryway led them straight into a storage room. So there's like all of these oh. crates and barrels and like boxes of things just sitting around them on shelves. So they are totally in this room that doesn't look like it should be in a pyramid, especially an ancient pyramid whatsoever. Yeah. And with the uh, modern light switch being a definite clue <laughs> that like peaks all of happened. their interests, they're yeah. like, okay, let's split up now. Let's try to like investigate every inch of this pyramid to figure out what's going on. Mm. And so they're roaming the corridors of the pyramid. And obviously Vilma, Daphne and Fred split up go and go one way, Shag and Scoob go another way. And the first three, Vilma, Daphne and Freddie, as they're roaming, they come across this projector 
that I guess I should add, they've made it to the very, very top of the pyramid at this point. So okay. they started at the bottom. Now they're here. Now they're here. <laughs> <laughs> Shaggy and Scooby like always get the top floor situation. Yeah, I know. Right. Well, yeah. Well, so in this case, it's backwards though. Yeah. Velma, oh. Velma Daphne. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Velma Daphne and Fred are on the top floor. Oh, okay. Got it. And Maddie. when they're up there, all good. And when they're up there, they come across a projector and the projector is sitting on top of a crate and it's pointed so that it's the light from it or the image, I guess, that it's projecting will come out of the top, out of this opening near the top of the pyramid. Oh. In. So yeah, the group is like, what do the ancient Aztecs need with a projector? <laughs> so we now have clue number two. Yeah, modern tech. <laughs> and as they're thinking this, it is kind of huge. So yeah. that's, it should not be here, that's uh -oh. for sure. And so as they're questioning this, Fred is like kind of tampering with the projector, seeing like, well, what film is in here or what are they even using it for? And as he does it, just before he's able to get it turned on and everything, mm -hmm. a human-sized ghost of Katazuma appears behind the teens and the projector. Huh. And of course, he's repeating his classic threat of imposing the curse of Katazuma uh -huh. upon the gang yada, for the yada, third yada, time. Yada, you will yada. be cursed, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and so right at that moment, as he starts yelling, as this human-sized ghost starts yelling at the teens, mm -hmm. Fred is able to get the projector on and he turns on the light and he Ooh. turns it towards Katazuma and blinds him. Oh, Fred! And, yeah, no! Clever! Clever and or just really good timing at figuring out how to turn yes. the projector on. But <laughs> yeah. either way, whichever one it was, good good quick thinking yeah, yeah and so they turn the projector on blind the ghost and it gives them a chance to run away and escape and so meanwhile shaggy and scooby are investigating another corridor of the pyramid and they come across another clue mm. a vacuum cleaner so <laughs> what is up with all this modern technology <laughs> in the aztec pyramid okay i'm not exactly sure but as they're investigating and like looking at the uh at the vacuum cleaner they release this strange cloud of fog from the vacuum. Okay. And as the fog clears, of course, yep. uh, right in front of them is the stone statue uh, of okay. an Aztec yep. god. Got so it. you've got Velma, Daphne, and Freddie oh, being no. chased upstairs by the human-sized ghost of Katazuma, Shaggy and Scooby statue being boy. chased <laughs> through the bottom basement quarters, whatever, by oh, their damn. statue, dude. Okay. So it's it's pretty creepy. They're all they're being attacked from all angles. Yeah, here. it's not going well. And so those two are able to escape just by maneuvering around the statue and I guess mm -hmm. their athleticism. And as they escape, they run into the other three who again have just gotten off of the ghost of Katazuma's trail. Mm -hmm. And so they're all like, okay, we got to catch our breath. We're being chased from this angle. Y'all are being chased <laughs> from this angle. What is going on? Yep. And as they're collecting themselves, they actually hear Katazuma approaching from a nearby corridor or hear like mm. footsteps coming from a nearby corridor. And before the ghost or whoever it was saw them, they real quick find this like little hideout secret room. So oh, they great. duck into there like, oh no, just go in here real quick they won't find us yeah. but it's like stone walls and the sounds all bounce off of everything so Katazuma <laughs> totally hears that like, they go to hey. hide in that room great and then he actually just traps them in there so he like shuts the door behind them and I guess blocks it or something oh no that's scary <laughs> that actually would be terrifying right like getting shit. stuck in like a hidden like a yeah. hidden trap 
room or whatever all in an stone, ancient pyramid. Like, all, yeah, they're going to run out of like oxygen in there before mm-hmm. anyone finds them. Okay, yep. I hate this. I, Great. I honestly kind of think that was like, again, we, we talk about this a lot. How but far would they go? Are try- yeah, are they trying to murder these kids? Because like there is no other... There yeah. is no other result that could possibly, anyway, Yikes. whatever. So Katazuma, he's like, we're going to lock these kids in there because they are getting too close to whatever mm. it is that we've got going on in here. And as he does that, he's menacing, menacingly laughing and again, confirming that he probably is going to try to kill these kids. He quietly says under his breath, no one will find you in this room ever. No. So not even no. he doesn't like yell it at them to warn them, like no one's going to find you. He literally whispers to himself. No. So he's like, I've got these kids, like they're dead. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Like this human sacrifice. No. So the kids obviously are very scared inside of this room. They're searching around. Like there has to be a way out. We've got to figure out where we are. I'm not sure how they're able to see in there. Like they didn't turn a light on or anything. Mm. But as soon as they get a good look at their surroundings, they realize that the room was likely previously filled with Aztec jewels and statues and artifacts of all types Mm -hmm. but to fred's calculation i believe he's like but it looks like almost everything's been taken out of here like Uh someone broke in and everything was taken out everything that they could get their hands on or like maybe they're still in the process of taking things out Uh and so velma whipping up her prior knowledge of aztec history that she for some reason has not decided to use until this (laughs) very moment she begins to translate hieroglyphs or whatever you call them like stone writings i'm not sure what you call them for the ancient aztecs but Mm -hmm. nonetheless she begins translating these things that are like all written along the walls of the room which also she's in spanish hilarious exactly (laughs) just like so you can translate ancient aztec like hieroglyphs or like symbols but you can't conversationally in spanish ask for directions to where my hotel is like right like nope shaggy you've got to do it because you know taco and burrito and stuff oh my god meanwhile let me study this aztec history that i'm an expert on (laughs) unhelpful velma super unhelpful um so she translate she translates what all of these symbols around the room mean. And she says that the moon goddess's worship worshipers had a secret entrance to the room. And when oh. the moonlight hit a particular square on the wall of that room, there was like this design on it, I guess, like the light of hitting mm. that square would trigger some reaction, which then would open a secret door. Oh, that's and cool. so yeah. I know, right? It's actually pretty that. clever. Not gonna yeah. lie. So they're all looking around like, okay, well, where is this hole where the light will come through? Mm. And they notice it's at like the very top of the pyramid. So seeing that there is in fact that moonlight though, but also knowing that the moon is not in a position well where they would be able to escape anytime soon, they mm. start grabbing whatever like brass or shiny artifacts they can from the room. And they're all like standing in areas trying to like get the light to oh, bounce off smart. and ricochet off. And eventually it works they're able to get the light to bounce off onto that square and honestly kind of seamlessly this trap door or not trap door the secret exit Mm -hmm. way so to speak opens up and they're able to make their exit and survive essentially what was clearly an attempted murder um so they accomplish this they exit the pyramid they escape but what they see after they escape 
is the Phantom Barge, again, mm-hmm. docked right along the riverbank. Okay. And they notice that it's full of cargo this time. Like it's got boxes and everything, Ooh. crates, all this stuff is lo- has been loaded up on it. So also not sure how long they've been in the pyramid, but clearly long <laughs> enough yeah. for a new it. cargo load. Yeah, for the old load to be unloaded and a new load Damn. to be put on. But it's not just the cargo load itself and the barge itself that they're surprised about. Mm-hmm. It's also the fact that they see the human-sized ghost of Kabazuma and this statue helping, like hauling crates onto this bar. Just, yeah, walking around, moving boxes. Casually, okay. So naturally, Fred and Vilma are like, all right, gang, we got to get on that barge because we got to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Now, no, Katazuma isn't the secret to all of this. That barge is the secret (laughs) to all of this haunting. Uh So naturally, they're able to sneak onto the barge and they hide. (laughs) As they're sneaking about, they they get onto the, uh, they sneak onto this barge. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of just like hiding behind crates and like under these tarps and stuff. Yeah. And they notice that um, as the barge gets back on the river and starts moving down, they notice that as it approaches that bridge that both of them were going to pass by or pass Ooh, yeah. under earlier this evening, an oarsman on the barge, uh-huh. he uses this pole, I guess it's maybe like a staff that he's using to like move, like on gondola style, move the yeah. barge through the water picks his staff up and he just pokes it at to this like trigger or this lever that triggers a wall in the bridge abutment to open up oh. and of course this lever is shaped like a cattail <laughs> Like, because there are just cattails, like, all in the rivers of, like, Mexico, central Mexico, uh, or whatever. Amazing. Maybe there are. I don't know. But also, like, if a cattail was the lever, like, how do you know it's that cattail and not that cattail? <laughs> like, I don't like think that cattails grow, like, individually. No. Yeah, like, they always sprout, like, and in And what mass. if someone, like, a little fish hits it? Like, yeah right bridge like bri- wall and the bridge abutment just <laughs> opens and like all of their secret enterprise on the yeah. inside is just exposed or open to the world I'm all so these confused. fish fly in there yeah. uh, or swim in there yeah, or, fly, <laughs> or, fly, or fly maybe this is yeah. weird <laughs> crazy shit's <laughs> happening wait um, and so is this oarsman does it look like one of the ghost gods like yeah statue so it's or the- it's not it's not Katazuma or the statue but I think he's like one of the other like ancient gods okay got it yeah so again what is like four or six of them like lined up like two or three on each side yeah. and this one just like while the others are all like paddling or whatever he just kind of like sneaks this thing up and like uh, okay. <laughs> taps this little taps this little cattail <laughs> and the whole wall and the abutment Opens. of the bridge comes up and then the barge is able to make a quick turn right into that wow wall. okay and once Great. they enter what's revealed is that there's actually like this whole secret channel with all these docks and everything that are accessed through this tunnel and the bridge do not question the engineering or the science or the design very advanced for anything it is yeah imagine what it looks like now like 30 my god oh god that's james bond shit yeah Yeah. amazing um and so when they get in there the barge docks and the gang, they're still creeping around, but they overhear the human-sized ghost of Katazuma getting off of the barge and saying that they only need to make, they, still not 
you know, okay. sure who that is yet, but the ghost of Katazuma is saying, we mm -hmm. only need to make one more trip until all the treasure is ours. So they hear Katazuma giving this like weird cryptic, like only one more trip until it's all, all the treasure is ours. Uh -huh. And they decide at that moment, I think like, all right, we've figured this out. Time to settle the score with Katazuma and with the stone statue. We're about to catch these guys in the like, act. The clues are just that there's modern technology and they're like, we know who has mm -hmm. caused this modern technology. That's Incredible. it. Incredible That's police it. work. Good. Yeah. Okay. Go so, on. And also, yeah, again, they're not police. We, yeah, <laughs> yes. For better or worse. Incredible work. Yes, very good work. Investigation, yes. police work, whatever. Something. Uh, so they rummage through nearby cargo on the barge and I guess like right off the barge on the docks to try to mm -hmm. find some stuff to like scare them with, I guess, scare the ghost and okay. the statue with, I guess like a costume of some sort. Mm -hmm. So they pull out a cloak, this giant cloak and an ancient mask and they all get on each other's shoulders and like put the, yes, all five of them, including Scooby. And they put the cloak on over them. And then whoever's on the top, I can't remember who it is now. I feel like it probably is Scooby. Yes, it's definitely Of course, Scooby. it would totally be Scooby. It's either Scooby or Shaggy on the yep. very top. They're they wearing the mask probably. while the rest are covered yep. by the cloak. Okay. And they like start like running towards the stone statue and the ghost of Katazuma like, okay. ah, and they're like chasing them and everything because similarly to the Jekyll and Hyde episode, uh -huh. I guess they're like, oh my God, the ghost it's is real. real. Yeah, like this, this group of kids dressed up as the ghost is actually the ghost and so they start chasing them around these hidden docks. <laughs> that is the, very skilled. It is, is, right? Some sort like, of make, To make two criminals think that they're being chased by themselves. Well, and that like they're not falling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah right? I'm just thinking yeah. of them in the cloak. And also, remember, they're underneath a bridge. So I don't know how tall it is. <laughs> and how long all, is this cloak? Oh, all right. Yeah. Go. It's a cloak, I guess. It's a yeah. very cloak. Uh, and so eventually after being like, wait a minute, that can't be the ghost of Katazuma. <laughs> the, the I'm the ghost of Katazuma. <laughs> exactly. And the <laughs> creature, they like stop, like, wait a minute. And then they turn around and start chasing after the oh, teeth instead. And so eventually the gang lures, throughout this chase, the gang lures the uh, ghost and the stone creature into a trap using the very artifacts and the cargo materials that were hidden at the mm. secret docks, essentially. And we now are finally at the point where mm. they've got them and they can okay. reveal who they are. Okay. So again, we'll go back through the clues, although we did just briefly. And uh, <laughs> I, I guess we'll go through the suspects as yeah. well. Um, clues first, though. <laughs> well, I guess we'll say that we've got a deserted town and, you know, we've got oh, yeah. giant, giant feet, footprints, feet prints, yeah. footprints, footprints being left in, uh, you know, random areas around the mm. city. We've got big swaths of fog that aren't normal for the area. Mm. And then once you get to the pyramid, you have a modern projector, you have a vacuum cleaner that additionally lets out this weird fog-like oh, right. substance. And you've got a secret entryway into a bridge. You've got a bunch of stolen artifacts or artifacts that are at least being taken from the pyramid. It would mm -hmm. appear onto this phantom barge and being hidden in a bridge. And you have the ghost of Katazuma making claims like we just need one more trip and then all yeah. of it will be ours. So 
again, our players in this episode are the creepy boat rental man who we're actually never given a name for. He just okay. shows up, does his weird creepy grin at the kids, sending them off into their hellish fate and then yeah, disappears. Like <laughs> We've got Senior Juan Martinez, the honest resort owner, who is honestly pretty troubled about the lack of business that they're going to get because mm. of the ghost of Katazuma haunting the town and bankrupting yeah. his hotel. And then we obviously have the Stone Hacks, Professor and his wife, Helena, who are there for an honest research trip and are honestly just trying to make it home safely at this point and who really actually should have already made it home safely or at <laughs> yeah. least approached their ship because it's long past the next morning when they told the kids that they would be uh-huh. uh, making their safe escape and their safe exit. <laughs> so would you like to guess? I'm, I'm sure you would yes, like to guess. I Please would. do. Who, who do you believe is dressed up as these horrible, horrible creatures? So, so they have, do they have the, they have the ghost of Katazuma and the mm-hmm. stone And the statue? stone statue, yes. Okay. So there are two so, separate ones. Okay. Which I keep, I realize now, I think both of the episodes I've done have had two yes. different, um, <laughs> yeah. Huh. Okay. So I'm going to pitch what I want the answer to be mm-hmm. but I, I think my answer is only half correct okay so I want it to be Helena and Senor Juan Martinez and this mm-hmm. is she, she's trying to spook her husband because <gasps> she wants to leave him in England she saw Juan and she was like I'm in love and he was like I'm into this British lady and they're like oh, but you're going bankrupt because of the festival situation going down and you don't want to have this hotel anyways. We could make a quick buck on the side by having all of these jewels, a black market selling them. She already knows how it goes. She's been in the art archaeology world for long enough. And so this is how they're going to make their fortune and retire in like Cabo together. I don't know how close that is to Cinco, Mexico, but maybe close enough. I don't know how and, close anything is to Cinco, Mexico. <laughs> and that's how they're going to live the rest of their life together. And they did all of this to spook uh, Mr. Professor Stonehack um, and leave him in the dust. You know, if there, I love it. I right, love it. If, 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 that, that's my if, there, if there were a modern uh retelling of scooby-doo shows or like a more modern incarnation <laughs> i would say rewrite the episode and make that make yes. that the ending make that okay. the mystery you're 50 percent there okay. well okay i'll say this you're 25 percent there because okay you have the you have one of the characters uh-huh. but none of the plot <laughs> <laughs> all right just tell me so yes it was helena 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 and her husband uh professor who i guess his first name by the way is professor because they don't give him like a professor james stone hat it's just professor stone so maybe he's actually not even a professor (laughs) Professor, his name is just professor (laughs) yeah (laughs) who says he's an archaeologist i'm not Uh sure um but yeah it is both of the stone hacks. Okay. Professor is dressed up as Katazuma and Helena okay. is dressed up as the stone statue. She's like, got the harder really, job there. She does. That shit. Like Katazuma, he's wearing like this tribal gown. Yeah. He's got like a headdress on. So like the headdress might be a little heavy, but yeah. dude, a stone, a stone statue stone costume? costume is, yeah, that's not easy to move around in. So anyway, they find that after all this time, it was those damn Brits who are out here trying to steal the artifacts away from this pyramid Mm. of Katazuma. 
So after they uncover who's behind the masks, though, while they're still at like that secret barge dock, they actually, instead of going to the authorities, instead of calling the authorities, they instead take everyone back to the hotel. And (laughs) while they're there, Juan Martinez, he joins them and he thanks them. Like he's so gracious and so happy that they were able to solve the mystery and also apparently save local treasures from these criminals. I mean, for real. For real though, because I actually, so I don't think that these people knew that the locals did not know that uh, that the stone hacks were stealing these treasures. Yeah. Like you, you only knew if you actually went into the pyramid and saw that they were yeah. all missing. So Fred, of course, putting all of this together, decides to unilaterally explain to Senior Martinez <laughs> that the professor was very clever. He was using this gadget, which I'm going to assume had to do with the vacuum cleaner, uh-huh. to make clouds of fog. Mm, and then he okay. would project himself, projecting film of himself oh, in the Katazuma costume exactly okay. onto the fog out of that opening in oh, the pyramid. Yeah. To make it look like he was a, a 50 foot tall ghost. So he would just have his normal human form being recorded and reprojected ah, out onto okay. the fog. And so they didn't really explain how, but they did also say that the giant footprints were also proven to be phony and were just a way for the professor and Helena to try to scare people uh-huh. away from the town by making it seem like Katazuma okay. was actually right here. Um, and then, Maybe of course, like- meanwhile, while everyone was scared away, they robbed everything out of the pyramid okay. and were essentially stealing cultural artifacts blindly just from Cinco with, yeah. with no regard what's like it was so flagrant, like, again, just carrying crates onto this barge right. or and like I know- walking around with the masks in the hotel. Yeah. How was there electricity in this temple? The light so, switch projector? Yeah. Was there a generator maybe? I get okay. they don't explain. Okay. They don't explain unfortunately like how they wired the electricity in. Yeah, there. okay. Um so similarly to them not explaining how they left the giant footprints. Mm-hmm no explanation for how they were able to get electric mm. running through that massive pyramid yeah let's say um, a generator out back somewhere yeah, probably like some that, that they didn't it. see yeah <laughs> put like a tarp and some leaves yeah. and flowers around it like, <laughs> these kids they, they don't pay attention to detail they'll I miss mean, it yeah, probably <laughs> and um so real quick here just to kind of tie a bow on all Mm -hmm. of this Daphne continued on to explain the criminals plot to Juan Martinez saying that they were able to smuggle the real jewels out through the fake headdresses so those headdresses were fake but they put real jewels inside of them and then the bigger things they said they would come back for later so that's like the stuff that you saw them carrying onto the barge those big crates Whereas the smaller jewels were like those encrusted jewels in the masks that Vilma mm. pointed out, like, hey, those look pretty real to me. And they're like, no, 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 The headdress is fake. Oh, yeah. A partially true statement. Yes. Yeah. It's like, okay, so there is a little <laughs> bit of truth to that. Uh-huh. Um, so they finally, they get the mystery sorted out. And of course, they are able to then celebrate the annual fiesta yes. with the rest of the town. Everyone's happy and Aww. dancing. They've got music playing. Shaggy is obviously enjoying his spicy burritos. Mm. So um, that's the end. Wow, that's great it. job. And let me add, though, too, that we never see any police officers. We never see any customs <laughs> agents. We never see anyone at all trying to come and arrest or apprehend the professor and his wow. wife. It, it literally ends with them telling Juan Martinez what happened and then partying. That's <laughs> Party. I'm very concerned 
that like this was funded by Oxford or Cambridge and they <laughs> still got all of the goods by like some I don't know some technicality some random yeah yeah um wow great job that one was a roller coaster of wasn't it a lot of theatrics mm -hmm. and this one it's interesting because it's there really actually isn't a crime Mm. at least not to their knowledge the crime that they began to investigate was a party being canceled (laughs) essentially that's not a crime i don't know what Hey, I feel them like some true Americans, honestly. Yeah, because yeah, they at at the point that they accepted the mystery, accepted investigating the mystery, they hadn't seen a giant ghost. I guess they saw what may have been a giant footprint, but no ghost or anything. So they're like, "Our parties canceled? Hell no! We gotta solve this shit." (laughs) I'm here to party. Who should who should they tell about us this week? If you have kids, you should tell their teacher at your next PTA meeting. Mm-hmm. I don't know and when those are happening, but yeah, tell them. Yeah. Ooh, I guess, are they still doing like Zoom PTA meetings? I don't know. Yeah. Or did they? I'm assuming they started Zoom PTA. Yeah. Meetings. But you know, know what? While, <laughs> kids, so we don't while know. you're, if, if the PTA mo- meetings are back in person and no longer over Zoom, then while you're at the PTA meeting, take a quick stop into your kid's cafeteria Ooh. and tell the lunch lady too. Oh, yes. Or man, the lunch yeah. lady or the lunch gentleman. Yes. Uh, tell them to give us a listen. Yeah. And like, also tell them thanks for feeding your kids every day for lunch. Yeah. Also like, very important. Um, unfortunately yeah. for too many kids in America, the only consistent meals that they get each day or True. within a week is the meals that are served by their very humble school cafeteria mm-hmm. workers. So yeah. we thank um, you for feeding the youth. Yes. And we also thank you. Okay. This is the last tangent of this episode. And then we're going to say <laughs> goodbye that, uh, because I was watching Chopped and they were having like uh like lunch chefs on and stuff and it was so great and awesome they've done it a couple times but I had this sudden recovered memory that I want to see if you also share from our high school of Mm. the uh the woman who was like who worked like the cash register at our at our lunchroom or maybe like sophomore junior or sophomore year and she broke up a fight that the juniors were having one day in the cafeteria (laughs) you remember I do that not remember. no oh, yeah it was like Keep going though I mean maybe it'll trigger my memory if or is that like all the story I don't remember like who in like that like the junior class were like going at it like I have maybe a few memories of maybe who we won't say their names on air or anything but like yeah. I think they were like about to fall on like fist fight and like she saw it because I the cafeteria was so small and she was like there. I don't fucking think so and like booked it over there and like pulled them off of each other yeah hmm that happened once so lunch ladies, man, they yeah, like heroes. Save them lives. Not only do they feed us, they save us. <laughs> Truly. Like, yeah, there you go. Not all heroes wear capes. Sometimes they wear aprons. Exactly. Beautiful. Actually, most heroes in my life wear aprons because I love food so <laughs> Which, damn much. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like a, it's a front cape, actually. Back cape. Front <laughs> yeah, cape is an apron. Exactly. <laughs> you wear your front cape. Batman actually like wipes his food stains off on his <laughs> on his cape. cape as he's running around Gotham. Yeah, exactly. That would be a great like superhero alter ego. You just flip your apron to the back <laughs> you're a chef superhero time, <laughs> yeah. or to the front and then you're the chef again um all right that's our next comic book so watch out yeah, uh, and cool. until then we'll uh, see y'all next week next week more all saturday right. morning mysteries bye bye
Thanks for tuning in to Saturday Morning Mysteries. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, review, leave us a like, and drop a comment. We post episodes every Saturday and bonus tune tangents whenever we feel like it. So please subscribe so you don't miss the shenanigans. And if you want to follow us on YouTube, click the bell under the YouTube subscribe button to receive notifications when new videos are posted. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, we have no idea what you're listening to us on. So just hit the big subscribe button on whatever app you're using. We, we believe in you. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Satmore Mist, all the abreeds. And let us know if you have any episode or show requests by emailing SaturdayMorningMysteries at gmail.com. Thanks to Jenna Kendall for the logo design and to Ava Sakiki for the music used during this week's episode. See y'all groovy kids next week on Saturday Morning Mysteries.